You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is uh, it is Monday all day long. It's just Monday. I, mean, just, I don't know what else to tell you. It's, it's Monday. But, hey, Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy. It's just Monday. <laughs> it's a Monday, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to bring a little light into their lives for a Monday, brother. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, did you have a good weekend? Great weekend. Yeah. Now I'm back here in the studios ready to go, ready to start the show. All right. Let's get her done. <laughs> uh, we got some stuff for you. So at 3.30 p.m. today, State Senator Larry Stutz is going to be calling in. Uh, Senator Stutz, uh, one of the more conservative members of the Alabama Senate, uh, somebody I served with when I was down there, uh, he is going to be apparently carrying a school choice bill this year, a major piece of school choice legislation. And I want to see it get moved. I want to see something happen here. I am tired of the same old, same old in the Alabama legislature. Let's get something moving here on school choice. It is, it is so far beyond time. I got plenty to talk about on that, but we'll start with State Senator Larry Stutz, 3.30 p.m., calling in to discuss his bill. So there's that. And then on top of that, though, I got a triple dipper full of stuff, so Boomer, hit it. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Number one, I'm just calling it, what's the story? What is the story? Well, there's a, a album by Oasis, the uh, original um, like big album they had called What's the Story, Morning Glory. That keeps running through my head. But how about this? How about when they deliberately twist the narrative to tell us that things that we know are true aren't true? I got some examples, and I got some thoughts on it, and I also got some ideas about whether there should or should not be a law regarding what they like to call disinformation. We'll talk about it. Number one, what's the story? Number two, choosing choice. So, yeah, we're going down that road today on education. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, in my opinion, it's not about funding. It's not about giving raises. It's not about, you know, finding a new way to build new facilities. None of that is ever going to be as important as diversifying the means by which we allow education to be, you know, brought to bear in this state through education choice. So number two on the Triple Dipper, choosing choice. And then number three, I mean, I don't know what else to call this one. I'm just calling it what right looks like. So there are a number of governors who are being seen as those who are out in front, leading the way, championing the causes that people care about, getting stuff done, driving their economies, turning things around, and not everybody else is doing it. I think some of those are what right looks like, and we're going to talk about that as number three on the Triple Dipper. Now, let me let me just run down my comments for the day, and I'll start by just kind of laying it out there that I'm aware that prejudice exists, all right? I'm not surprised by it. Uh, I am aware that prejudice truly exists in the world. I'm also aware that we as a nation have come so far from the roots of what other people believe are still present. I do not believe we are a systemically racist nation, not at all. Uh, do I believe it's existed in a, an official capacity in the past? Absolutely. And I admit that. 
Well, I will say that we're not a systemically racist nation now. But what's interesting to me is the fact that we appear to be watching a complete twist. As if, okay, those that say racism, racism, racism now want to exert their prejudices in a different way, but that's okay because they do it. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in the position of realizing that someone who has a position of authority or influence over you, they had already decided you didn't measure up and you should therefore have to have to deal with a separate outcome that nobody else should have to put up with? So yeah, I just described the root of prejudice and it's more than just racism. To be sure, prejudice is a part of racism, but prejudice can extend to far more than just race. Prejudice is the preconceived opinion of someone or something that is not always based on reason or actual experience. Under the law, it can also be something that results in harm. And when you couple prejudice with a position of influence over someone's life, well, then you get a recipe for disaster. Prejudice tries to operate around barriers. Prejudice looks for loopholes and workarounds to maintain its bias, even though, at its worst, prejudice takes action against someone for just no good reason. But prejudice can also be found in indifference. Like, you know, eh, you don't matter as much to me, so therefore I'm not going to try and help your situation. Well, here was one of my personal moments. Let me describe something to you that happened to me 20 years ago this month. So 20 years ago this month, I was preparing to take the bar exam. But I was doing so a year later than planned because 9-11 had happened and I had deployed immediately for Afghanistan right before taking the bar. So after a year of living among the Afghan people, I returned home to try and get my life back on track, which included taking the bar exam, something that I had worked to get ready for for years. Imagine my shock when I was told that some of the prerequisites that I had gotten in place before I left for Afghanistan had expired because I had been away for a year. Well, imagine my further shock when I let the bar know that all of my prerequisites, though they had been completed in timely fashion, that they weren't going to count them, only to find out they didn't care. It didn't matter that everything had been done to standard. It didn't matter that the delay would have set me back another year or more. With an attitude of indifference, I was told, yeah, you know, put it in writing. The bar examiners will consider it. So I did. Sure that they would understand that I was not slacking. I did it all. I did it right. But I was called away to war, but to no avail. With a complete lack of care and a complete expressed level of indifference, the head of the state bar told me on the phone that he just didn't see any way to help me. You know, sorry, can't help you. And if I wanted to, in his words, I could, quote, use some of that good law school learning that I got and appeal it. Well, he shouldn't have said that because I did. I may be the only attorney in the state of Alabama who had to actually sue the state bar to be allowed to take the bar exam. Now, the story is longer than I got time to tell, but suffice to say, I won. It didn't stop there, though. A few months later, as I arrived at the testing site to take that multi-day test called the bar exam, I was surprised to find out that the anonymity that I was supposed to be allowed to have was not there for me. As I signed in and prepared to, be give my per prepared to be given my personal passcode by which all my papers and answers would be graded, the lady looked up at me and she goes, oh, you're Phil Williams. Not a question. It was a statement. I said, yes, ma'am. To which she responded, you'll be sitting right over there and pointed to the front row center seat in the large auditorium style room, the very seat in front of which the guy who had told me on the phone that he couldn't help me stood to address the room a few minutes later, as if he wanted to stand in front of me and stare. So it was indifference at first, then it was intimidation. It's interesting to me that the very organization whose existence is there to support the members of the legal community and to oversee their qualifications for service in the legal profession, it was wrong on the application of law and it took legal action to prove it. Why? I don't know. 
Maybe he didn't like me or my law firm or my law school. I don't know. Maybe he didn't believe that I would do anything about it because he believed himself to be above my concerns. You see, I've learned that not every form of prejudicial behavior can be explained. But I've also learned that almost without fail, the bullies and the go-along to get-alongs and those calloused indifferent people, all of whom will at sometimes allow their individual prejudices to stand against you, that they will often back down when they're finally confronted with truth. I say all that and tell that story because this morning an article came out that just intrigued me. In a world in which the mantra has become diversity, equity, inclusion, we're finding more and more that prejudice has now flipped the script into a new realm of negative action or indifference. Basically, in what amounts to a round of prejudice in corporate action, we're seeing more and more that if we are conservatives in our views, holding fast to traditional values, that there are those entities that will lash out or at the best simply become just callous and indifferent. They could care less. There's an organization now called the 1792 Exchange, which I just learned about in that article. It has issued a report showing that there are 51 major corporations around the U.S. that it says has taken it upon themselves to treat conservatives differently. Named for the year the American Stock Exchange was founded, the 1792 Exchange says that it exists to, quote, preserve freedom of religion, speech, and enterprise by countering, quote, woke capitalism. The 1792 Exchange has a mission to develop policy and resources to protect from wokeness in the market and, you know, ESG policies and finance. And in doing so, it compiled a pretty darn good look at major companies that have taken upon themselves to have differing standards, not on race and gender like old school racism, but on values, pure prejudice, woke standards that automatically create a prejudice toward anyone who dares to have a differing worldview. It's a bent towards conservatism. And you may wind up, you know, being deplatformed if you have it, or denied a loan or having an opportunity closed to you for no other reason except that the prejudicial views are there against your own views. Now, some of the examples listed are like Bank of America, who vets its vendors based upon whether they have a commitment to LGBTQ views. It ceased lending with some gun manufacturers. Bank of America has also provided funding to Planned Parenthood as well as the Southern Poverty Law Center, which has a long track record of targeting conservatives. You don't like the agenda? you don't promote ESG or LGBTQ, then you might not do business with Bank of America. Or how about Ben & Jerry's? Also noted in the 1792 exchange report, the famous Vermont-based ice cream company has promoted defund the police campaigns. It's opposed legislation meant to limit election fraud. It's said that criminal justice system must be dismantled. It's openly advocated for pro-abortion policies, among many other actions. But the report does more then just make people aware of the woke prejudice that is becoming more and more pervasive in the woke corporations. It also talks about what to do about it. Make it known. Make yourself known to them. Ask for them to revise their position for good cause. And then when that doesn't work, and much like me with the state bar, there will be times when it does not work, then there will be a need for legal and or legislative action. The article ends by this saying this quote, Quote, if conservatives don't make a concerted effort to fight back against woke corporations, then America could soon be transformed beyond repair. Now, I'll be honest, if I had just sat still in my own story, if I had just sat still and taken my lumps from the callous indifference of the state bar 20 years ago, it would have delayed me from being able to practice law for another year. Actually, what I didn't know then was that if I if I could have looked forward, I would have seen that my second tour of duty was coming to go overseas again And that meant that it would have gotten in the way, and maybe even it would have been a delay of two to three years. I had to take action. 
and no less so in the realm of current woke capitalism that we see today in the world. Because if we sit still and we say nothing and we do nothing, then that prejudicial behavior will just continue to work harm that goes beyond what we might even be able to foresee. Well, not on my watch. We're going to call it out on the show when we see it, and I hope that you're going to do the same in your own personal lives. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap for The Right Side Way. Well, there you have it. Yes, indeedy. I may be the only lawyer who had to sue the bar to be allowed to be in the bar. Wow. Uh, but it was all because this guy just has a calloused indifference, this prejudicial position that just left me sitting there wondering what I was going to do about it. He could care less. Well, we're seeing that right now in corporate America. They could care less how we feel. They could do without us. Really? We'll see how that works out. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. That's what I'd like to say. Uh, text lines are open, by the way. 833, where am I? 833-687-4448. It's like my microphone went out there for a second. 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Oh, boomer. Is it going to be Monday all day? Uh, it's gonna be a Monday all like all day long Monday day long Mon- Monday's be coming in like like <laughs> like crazy like you'd be talking out your head Phil Williams, um, JT from Lacey Springs has texted in. He said appreciate the repeat of your comments. There's always five points I didn't grasp or take as serious. I'm not sure what he means by repeat of my comments. Okay, um, maybe I've if I told that story before. I don't think I have. Maybe I have, uh, but nonetheless, JT, you are most welcome. Uh, Tony from Piedmont. He says the Department of Energy that produces no energy has come up with what we've known for at least a year and a half. Yes, sir. Tony, you stand by, brother. That's going to be a part of my first dipper. What's the story? Talking about the fact that apparently someone somewhere has now decided that, oh, by the way, maybe COVID came from the Chinese Wuhan lab. Just (laughs) Boomer laughs. Tell me, Boomer, how long have you known that in your heart of hearts? Oh, let's see. Uh forever (laughs) (laughs) let's see covid started when yeah right about then right about then right Right, when we heard it just about that time yeah that whole thing so (laughs) no nobody ate a bat sandwich uh that came from the wet market in wuhan uh just which happened to be right down the road from the freaking wuhan lab no i'm pretty sure that we've known all along they just didn't want to deal with the narrative uh ali from athens is texting this is colonel thank you so much for fighting in the sandbox as well as for your law career thank you my sister i appreciate that very much brian from huntsville um well, what's he saying here to me uh, brian from huntsville just says please lord guide me to forgive others as you forgive me yet allow me to stand firm in your word yes indeed sir wow that's a great that's a great line uh, Boomer McQueen's a whole lot better than whatever YouTube show McQueen Boomer is. I don't know. What, what does that mean? <laughs> Who's that from? <laughs> That's from John from Huntsville. John. What's he saying? Uh, anyway. Oh. We, <laughs> he found a YouTube video called McQueen McQueen Boomer, not Boomer and McQueen. What? And it's about Lightning McQueen and, and something. That's what he's talking about. And really? 
So I'm going to have to go check it out. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll hope it's not something that's inappropriate <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. No, we are Boomer and McQueen, the right life. Stupid. You want the right life. That's what you want. That's right. That's right. That's right. Which is going really well, by the way. It, it is. It uh, is. You're almost up to ten. How many? How many? Uh, oh man, I, yeah. Uh, podcast out. We 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 got eleven out right now, and then we're gonna be um, putting out another two this week. Sweet. I know. Sweet. Um, okay, so Jeremy from Huntsville just said that I have told the story about suing the bar before. I did not know that. I I have not heard it. Well, thank you. So I really enjoyed it. All right, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm glad you heard it before and heard it twice and still liked it, and I'm glad Boomer heard it for the first time. Um, that, by the way, uh, I will say this. You know what? I do have this vague recollection of having told it before because I think I said this on the air, Boomer. So the guy who was such a turd to me on the phone, <laughs> the one who was like, hey, you know, I can't help you. Hey, sorry, bud. Uh, good luck to you. Use some of that good law school learning you got. You know, go appeal it. I mean, what a what a joke. Anyway. And then he's the one who, by the way, made sure that I got sat right smack in front of him, you know, when I had to take the bar exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A few years later, I'm a state senator. I get on the elevator, and who gets on to come speak at my committee hearing? He gets on, and he looks at me and goes, hello, oh, hi, senator. Oh. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I just looked at him, and I said, and how are you? Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was that was an enjoyable yes. moment. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um JT from Lacey Springs wants to chime in and say, yes, you shared the bar exam conflict some month. I don't remember this, but okay, dadgummit. You know, here you do. You think you're, you think you're <laughs> working on something original. You're all excited about it, and everybody's like, dude, heard that one. Oh, man. Anyway, text lines are open, so you can either uh, tell me you heard it before or tell me you heard it for the first time, or tell me whatever you want to tell me, 833-687-4448. By the way, Boomer and I had uh, the enjoyable opportunity of meeting Rita from Scottsboro yes, today. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Thank you very much. Rita came by the studio with her friend Colleen, paid a visit, and uh, brought us a little something which was epic cool. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, it just, it's very cool when you get to put the, the, the names with the faces, you know? Oh, and, yeah. And um, what an amazing audience we have. But yeah, uh, Rita, if you're listening, uh, we love you, and we appreciate the opportunity to meet you in person and certainly appreciated. Um, you know, you spending that much time uh, bringing something to us. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. How cool. All right. Uh, Badger from Athens is texting and says, that turd may have been pushing you to see how bad you truly wanted it. Nah. Nah. That wasn't it. He, he could care less. All right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> 